Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Archie Messersmith Bunting, MS, the feelings guy. Archie is a mental wellness coach, consultant, and professional speaker who helps people discover how leading with their feelings can improve their quality of life and save the lives of those they come in contact with. Archie was a successful musical theater performer in New York City before addiction and clinical depression destroyed his childhood dream and led him to a place where he believed suicide was his only answer. After battling back from the jaws of addiction, Archie now uses the stages he graces to remind others that we are all more than just the wreckage of our past. He uses his voice to share with audiences that individual moments and decisions in our life do not define us, but they can help design us. Archie has been featured on multiple NBC, CBS, and Fox local affiliates and several podcasts including Braving the Journey, Positive Changes, A Self-Kick Start, and The Failure Guy. So glad to have you with us, Archie. Today we want to talk about grief, but from a different perspective. We titled this episode, Grief, It's Not Just About Death. Before we move on to that, though, I want to know how you came to the field of mental health and why are you known as the feelings guy? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, and I, I think this is a great conversation. And I think it's really timely. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But I think mm-hmm. it's a, a timely conversation to be having. So let me answer very, and y'all gonna learn I'm real honest, I'm gonna give you the honest answer. Okay. <laughs> That's what we want. All right, here we go. Um, so the way I got into mental health was because I spent so much of my life in therapy. Let me just be really honest. I mean, I, um, so I'm a recovering drug addict. And I also have a diagnosed mental illness. I have a major depressive disorder, which in, in the world is known as clinical depression. And so I spent a lot of time in therapy and rehabs and psych wards. And, you know, when I, when I pulled my life together and I stopped putting a needle in my arm, I realized that there's, there's a void for people to people who are very honest about their their past in order to help others. And my first career was performing. And it's really hard to sing and dance, you know, in New York City when you're high. So I, I lost that career. I mean, it's kind of hard, right? Um, I lost that career and um, sort of accidentally fell into what I do now, which is professional speaking and consulting on the topics of mental health, uh, re- recovery, and suicide prevention. Um, so I, I'm really honest with people. I don't have, I'm not a therapist. I'm not trying to get no more degrees. I got my two degrees and I'm good to go. <laughs> but really during the pandemic, um, I really was drawn back to the episode of Mr. Rogers after 9-11. So after 9-11, Mr. Rogers had been retired. Um, he, and they asked him to come back because people were, and I was actually living in New York City at this time. They asked him to come back and do a special for children. And he said words that have become so famous that after every crisis, look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see the helpers, you know things are going to be okay. And so I settled into my role as a helper. And that's that's who I am. So that's, that's how I got in this world. So the feelings guy 
trademark, by the way, trademark. Um, the feelings got trademark. It, it began as a joke because uh, as, as, as you know, a lot of things do in life that I, I focus so much on feelings, but that is because that even after putting together time and sobriety, even after, you know, so Archie chooses to take medicine for my mental illness. I'm not saying anybody else should do that. That's what I choose to do. And beginning to find some balance in my life. I, I mean, I had a husband, I had a child, I had the dogs, I had a house. I really still wasn't happy. And I was like, what is going on here? I didn't fight back from hell to not be happy. And I, it was really because I was missing these feelings. And so then someone said one day, you, you talk about feelings, like you should be like the feelings dude or something. And I was like, ooh, let me see if the feelings guy is taken. And it was not, and now it is. So it, 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 it like, you know, started as a joke, but it's uh, really kind of transformed my life. That's great. Grief is a response to loss, though most often connected with the death of a loved one, there are other losses each of us experience throughout our lives. Would you please give our listeners an idea of what losses might trigger a grief response? Yep, yep. And I just want to like underscore what you just said, Stephanie, that that grief is simply a response to a loss. Like I feel like, and I know, Kathy, we've had this conversation, that we so oftentimes attach grief to death. That doesn't mean always death of a physical person. It doesn't mean death of an animal. Like there is a loss of some sort. It is a natural human emotion. You are supposed to grieve. Like that's how we're designed. But when when we don't grieve and we bottle that crap up, that's when you start putting a needle in your arm. That's when you start turning the bottle back. That's when you start compulsively shopping. Like you, you, there is, there is, there's a, there's a hurt that you're trying to cover with all this ish. So you know, it's not, it's not just death. It's, um, and and here's, here's, here's the real truth. We've all experienced loss and grief at the macro level. Like that is factual. I, I don't care if you're a person that doesn't believe in science. Like I literally don't care. We still have all experienced loss because unless your life looks exactly the way it did in February, you've experienced a loss. Like this is just fact. And and so what's interesting now in in the therapeutic community is that we're seeing this wave of people mm-hmm. finally being like, hmm, maybe I should talk about my problems. Because, yeah. I mean there's there's so much going on. Right. And you know, and in February, we all managed in our ways. And listen, if you're a human that can have a glass of wine or, you know, maybe you shouldn't do any cocaine, but like a glass of wine or a beer or something good for you. Like that's the way that you were able to um, successfully manage whatever. Well, a glass of wine ain't fixing Miss COVID. Like that's just not, that's just not the way that it works. So, you know, a loss of any kind, a loss of a job, a loss of your routine, um, a loss of career, a loss of your dreams. Um, You know, I, I experienced that. So there's lots of things that you could grieve for, and it is important to grieve. Uh, Archie, you yourself suffered incredible loss, yet here you are seemingly happy, successful, and actually, if you ask most people how they are, they will almost always say, I'm fine. (laughs) You're the feelings guy. Is fine a legitimate feeling? (laughs) I know you're surprised by this answer I'm about to tell you, but y'all, fine is not a feeling. Not a feeling. (laughs) I think it's a cover-up. It always is. It is, it is a deflection of intimacy. That's what fine is at its, at its very core. Because talking about feelings, let's be clear, there's some intimacy there. 
whether I know you or not, I'm not talking about like romantic intimacy. Like there's some intimacy mm-hmm. that is built by sharing how you really are. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you, you're right. I've been through the ringer and back, um, but so have half the world. So I'm not, I'm not special, unique, or precious. Like I, I went, well, I am precious, but like I, you know, <laughs> I went through, I went through some, some, some shizzle, and you know, now I'm, I'm working through that. But so here's the thing that people really need to understand about fine. Other than it's not a feeling. So like situational relationships or situational conversation. So let's, so let's say that you're, um, let's say that you're at the target when we can all go to target again. Uh, because Lord knows right now, I don't talk to people in the stores, but you know, back to back when we're talking to people in the stores and someone, you know, passing by says, Hey, how are you doing today? Okay. I'm not saying that saying the word fine is the end of the world, but here's what it does. If you say fine over and over and over again, well, then I come home. And so my husband, for the hundredth time, leaves the dishes in the sink. Because for some reason, men think dirty dishes go in the sink. I'm not sure what that is about men, but that's what they think. And so I get resentful and I'm like, mm. and he's like, hey, you know, honey, are you, are, you know, you seem like, I seem like I've upset you. Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Because that's what I practiced. Right. And that's what I know. And so not, not being truthful uh, in, in the real world actually interferes with your own personal intimacy at home. Like this is, this is not my opinion. Like this is, this is proven and you're both nodding. So like, it just makes total sense. So we need to, we need to stop forking saying fine. Like nobody's fine. So stop saying it. I love that. Oh, now I'm (laughs) going to say that when someone asks me how I am in public and I'm going to reply with something profane and they're going to be like, Oh, all right. (laughs) Never asking someone again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's turn to the reality of life today with the worldwide pandemic wreaking havoc on everyone's lives. Everyone's suffering so many losses. Therefore, grief should be more prevalent. But I wonder if the majority of people think about this. A full spectrum of feelings and emotions exist. How is grief in this time of COVID impacting our daily interactions with others? Yeah, I mean, it's it's impacting it in every way. And, you know, I think that for a lot of people, so let's think about this in like, in like stages, because what's really interesting is if you look at the stages of grief, and that's actually a presentation I do called, can we grieve now? Uh, and it's based upon the research that uh, happens after like a major disaster, like a tsunami or a, or a tornado or a hurricane, because that's the closest thing that as a society we can look to right now, because we've never experienced this before. None of us lived through the the pandemic of 1918. <laughs> like that was not a thing. We didn't. We, we weren't alive then. So, you know, during during a natural disaster, right after the disaster, when people are like literally literally picking up the pieces, there's like this all for one mentality. So think back to March. We're all like, "Yep, yeah, we're all in this together. We're all going to stay at home. We're all going to do these things." How long did that last? Like, <laughs> not very long. <laughs> so. <laughs> So then people are like, no, I have my rights. And I'm like, okay, you can have your right, but then your right is impacting my right. So then we did, then we began to get like resentful. So we're in this really weird stage as a community because in, in our current situation, Stephanie, Kathy and Archie, we're grieving internally, but there's also this community grief. Well, there's no community therapist helping the community tra- you know, work through the grief. And depending on where you live, People are at different stages of this thing. And, you know, and considering the fact that the election is still going on, <laughs> you know, like, there's, there's so much that's out there, you know, so it's it, like, what, what can you even focus on? 
So to be really clear, grief is impacting or the avoidance of grief is impacting everything we do right now. And, you know, I think, I think we might, we talked about this before maybe, but um, you know, these poor women that are named Karen, like I, I really, <laughs> I mean, I really feel bad for them, like honest to God, but you know, these, um, these Karens that, that we are seeing pop up on the interwebs and this really began like in April or May, you know, we would see the Karens or we will see we would see the male Karens who be recorded like, like literally taking their groceries out of the cart and throwing them. <laughs> that that would not have happened in January last December right. because they were able to manage those feelings. Well, then the pandemic, the social uprising came and like, I can only keep so many feelings down and are, are, they're going to eventually come up. And, and that's what happened. And, and until people, all of us, learn to listen and manage to our feelings and take time. I mean, like, I straight up cried that I we couldn't take Cade to, our son's name is Cade, to see Bush Gardens. Because he's at the age where his face would have lit up. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's okay for me to grieve. I have lost friends to the virus. That doesn't negate the fact that I was hurting inside. And when we start qualifying the need to grieve, then we have problems. So, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, really? Yes, really. Whatever the things are in your life that have been impacted and uprooted and changed, give yourself permission to grieve for that loss. Because again, going back to the beginning, grief is simply a response to a loss. And we've all had a loss of some sort. That's great. Now I have the song Feelings running through my head. It's going to be with me all day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I wish I could have seen you on Broadway or off Broadway. It would not Archie, I never like to bring up a problem or a challenge. When I was in the corporate world, they weren't problems. They were challenges or opportunities. Of course. And I don't like to tag anything like that without offering one or more possible solutions. Sure. So can you help me with this? As far as acknowledging that what a lot of people, and I think a lot of angry people, are really experiencing is a reaction to their grief and they don't know it. Is there anything we can do? I mean, should we, if somebody's angry, should we point it out to them that they're just grieving (laughs) or... (laughs) <laughs> Wait, yes, yes, please do that in the video. You'll be famous. It'll okay, be video. All right. <laughs> um, no, probably not. Uh, that is probably that's probably not the time. But but here here is a couple thoughts there. I think that's a fabulous question because it's it's all great and wonderful to talk about all the problems if we if we can't give people some practical solutions. So number one, if you're if you're interacting with a human and there's this reaction, remember if it's hysterical, it's historical. If it's hysterical, it's historical. So eight times out of 10, something is happening in that moment that draws back to something that I haven't dealt with, or you're you're the last person in a string of 10 events of my history, and I'm just done. So one of two things is true. Give that person some grace, like trying to go in and like in my early days in corporate America, I literally need to find this human and reach out and apologize because there was this major event in their life. And I was like, I literally don't care what is happening. Where is the, you know, I mean, I like, I mean, I went in. Um, that was really bad. That was bad, Archie. Um, I didn't know any better back then. Uh, and now I do. 
that is not a time to reason with a person. It's just like trying to reason with a drunk person. Have you tried reasoning with a drunk person? Yes, I work. have. I was it, married to one at one point. Yes, okay, well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 it's the same thing. So give people some grace. And remember, if it's hysterical, it's historical. It has nothing to do with you. That's number one. Number two, I have been a part. So, so now I work for myself. But you know, back in the day, it's, it's a pretty common thing in the corporate world. When we get together for our team retreats and our team meetings, we all share our wins. Okay, wins implies, in my opinion, something at work. So I always share something at work. Like I got this project done and like we got, you know, 20 more deliverables coming in, blah, 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 blah. Well, it kind of perpetuates this idea that my humanness at work is one thing and my being somewhere else is not the same. So like, why? So I... I think we should start sharing gratitudes. So let's share gratitude. Gratitude can be anything you want to, but it also allows people to be people. And right now, and I think that I think the corporations have learned over the pandemic that the human is their most important commodity. I think they're finally beginning to get that. And so sharing gratitude allows your someone to be a person, not just another number or another like I'm going to check this thing off the box. So sharing gratitude is important. And then lastly, I would challenge Anyone listening, I don't care if it's your family, your church group, your team, your whatever, create fine free zones. So to Stephanie's point, meaning you are no longer allowed to reply that you're fine because that's bogus. You have to say, I'm happy, I'm sad. Or you can say, I'm annoyed that I can't say fine because you know what? Annoyed is a feeling. That's a feeling. At least you're sharing what you feel. And it's it's been really cool since I've been challenging people to do this, to, to, to have you know, students and um, and managers call back and, you know, captains of teams and saying, we've done that. And it's totally transformed the way we interact with each other because they're real conversations that are happening. So give people grace, share gratitude, not wins, and create fine free zones. Those are my three tips. I like that. We'll put it into a little uh, checklist. Yeah. And, and have that. Maybe Stephanie can whip that up on our cricket machine there. <laughs> he doesn't know what a cricket machine is. I don't know what a cricket machine is, but I'm going She's to very crafty. She can make her own t shirts and oh, wall okay. hangings and like decoupage. Okay, uh, bunch of well, similar. Yeah, similar. <laughs> anyway, anyway. It, thanks a lot. Those are great thoughts and I and I appreciate it very much. So I want to circle back for a moment to grief as it relates to death. Personally, because of the losses I have suffered, especially more recently, my husband, about two and a half years ago, I have accepted that I will likely be grieving for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It'll change form, things like Mm -hmm. that, but I will be grieving for the rest of my life. Can that be true also for grief related to these losses we've been discussing today? Will it last that long? Will you be grieving the loss of your performing career, for example, for the rest of your life? And if so, how or why? Yep. Yep. So I also want to remind people again that I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving you medical advice. Right. Um, but I have done lots of research and I have lots of lived experience. So this is this is my opinion um, and lived experience uh, meshed together with lots of research. So let me answer that question this way. So let's talk about the people that were on Broadway right now. Let's talk about the people on Broadway that were supposed to make their Broadway debut in a major Broadway musical in March. And that went away. 
and now the show is closed. Do you really think that the girl who was going to make her Broadway debut as Elsa in Frozen for the rest of her life, when she sees Frozen or Let It Go, here's Let It Go, mm-hmm. that there's not going to be a little bit of something there. Like, if, if, if you really think that that's possible, please reach out and tell me how you did it. Because unless you're just high, because I don't know, I don't know how it's possible. Like you can, you, yes, I have, I have grieved for the choices that I made that cost me my career. Yes, I have. It does not mean that when, I mean, I haven't been to musical in forever, but when I see the, the Tony awards or or the people performing at the Macy's parade, Mm -hmm. when I see friends that are still out there doing it, that there isn't still a little bit of, if you hadn't made that decision. Now, to your point, Kathy, I think it, I think it has gotten easier and it, it, it's not debilitating like right. it was there for a while. But, you know, uh, emotions stay with us. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing that we can feel. I want to be able to feel, but I also want to be able to manage our emotions. So I don't think we can do like an apples to apples comparison to, you know, the Elsa star to you know you you losing a loved one like that's not apples to apples but like no one no one's trying to compare grief with your grief doesn't need bigger than mine grief or my grief like it's it's all just grief and then it's it's about managing those emotions and learning to lean in and live with those feelings so to to succinctly answer your question no i don't think it ever completely goes away but i think i think the form might change a bit so it's okay for us to accept that we're possibly going to grieve for the rest of our life not as severely, not as intensely, but grieving kind of morphs into memories. Memories, yeah, yeah. Regrets. And, and like, what? And what's? And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Like, no, no. Well, let me hold on a second. What is wrong with that is if you get trapped in that. Yes. And you yes. get trapped, and well, that was my shot, and now it's gone. Nope. That was a shot. That was a opportunity, an opportunity. What's next? And so that's where I finally got to right. was that. You know, for a while there, I didn't think I would find anything else that would fulfill me like singing and dancing does. Mm-hmm. But now this does. Now talking about how to how to live a healthier life fills me up even more in ways that I could have never imagined. So I didn't lose my shot. I, I gave that shot away because of, I was using drugs. And now I'm on to something else. And it's even better. All right. And, and the mom and grandma in me want to say to the feelings guy, you're going to relive a lot of that at some point singing and dancing with Cade. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a <laughs> yes, they they you know, nowadays, I mean we didn't have phones back in the day, but you know they have these little apps where they send you pictures and videos of him during the day, which is fabulous. And so yesterday it was like, where's my friend Cade? Where's my friend Cade? And you sit up and he was like bopping around and I was like, yes, that is my child. <laughs> that is my child. <laughs> Uh, It seems our time is growing short today, though I could easily talk with you all afternoon. Before we wrap up, I want you to take some time and let our listeners know more about your business, your website, and what services you have to offer. Yeah, for sure. This has been really, we're talking about grief and this has still been fun. And and that's, but that's an important point that, that we can have conversations about tough things and still have a good time. And right. that's what I try to bring to the work that I do. Yeah, I do not need to sit into a boring, but mental health presentation, like come on, yeah. like it can be engaging and interesting. 
Uh, and so that's really what I try to do. Um, so whether it's at the college level, the high school or the corporate level, I do programs and workshops on mental health, self-care, addiction and recovery. And, and to be really honest right now, in the in the time of COVID, I, I really try to work with everyone's budget. So if people are out there listening and they're like, we could really use it, we don't have a big budget, reach out to me anyway. I'm literally talking to my computer. It's up to you to decide if I have sweatpants on or not. So you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do. So you, you can find everything at archiecares.com, um, archiecares. You can also follow me on Instagram at thearchstar. And I will... I will announce this here first. I am launching a podcast (gasps) and uh, it's called what a feeling. And the, my tagline is um, a podcast where mental health matters. Self-care is never selfish and your feelings always come first. Oh, that's great. Nice. So if you want to, if you want to have no idea when it's coming out, I'm still working on it. But if you want to follow along and, um, and listen, then, then definitely follow me on Instagram because that's where I'll release it. So wow. yeah, I'm sure they'll put in the description my website and um and uh Instagram handle. So yeah, I'm Good really excited you. about it. Oh, that's great. Good. That that's wonderful. Yeah, your website is interesting and what you said is just so exciting and thanks for giving us the scoop, so to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will definitely be watching for it and will certainly follow and subscribe to it. Yep. So, listeners, there you have it. Archie, the feelings guy, I have loved, loved our time here this afternoon. Uh, my head is spinning because I want to think of another reason to bring you back. So <laughs> maybe after you launch your podcast, oh, yes. you can come back and tell us all about it. Let's do part uh, two. <laughs> part two. Absolutely. Anytime. You're welcome on our show. So the day is about over, the afternoon, and you have many things to go back to. I appreciate so much your time. And the message, you said a lot of great things. And I don't know if you noticed, I was scribbling down quotes as you were talking because you had so many little tidbits in there that I really, really appreciate. You may see some of them on social media attributed to you, of course. So, you know, follow us as well. Yes, ma'am. And for listeners, we're going to continue to live and grieve along with each and every one of you. So we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.